Thanksgiving's in our rearview mirror. Now it's time to focus on the holidays. So what we're going to talk about in this episode is we're going to be talking about how to make sure your house is prepped for the holidays for your dog, but also what happens when you leave or what happens when you go places. What should you be considering when it comes to your dog on the holidays? Well, we're going to go ahead and dive into all that next. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey, everybody. What is up? I am Jake from OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. We are an online dog training uh, business. We have courses. We do one-on-one virtually. Check us out, OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. What we're going to be talking about on today's episode, like you heard in the intro, is the holidays. This is a big time of year for people, and whether that means going places or having people coming over or if it just means getting your house set up, decorated, all that fun stuff. This is a big time of year for them, thus meaning it's a big time of year for your dog as well. So we're going to kind of dive into a handful of different things that I want you to consider when it comes to prepping for the holidays. Now, we did an episode similar to this last year, so you can definitely check it out. We do talk about a few different things that won't be in here, so it's an episode you could certainly go back and check out if you're interested, Um, but let's just go right into it and start talking about it. So, the first thing that I always look at when I'm talking to clients and stuff about their dogs, no matter if it's for holidays or not, but for this podcast episode, we're going to talk about holidays, I'm looking at the personality of the dog. All right, so and the age and everything else, but but mainly the personality. Is this a dog that's going to have issues with the holidays? Now you could say, well, that's kind of broad, and you're absolutely right. It is very broad. We're gonna look at uh, some things like: Is your dog going to mistake a bulb on your tree for a tennis ball? And I'm saying this from from experience. You know, we had a basset hound uh, copper years ago now. And we set our Christmas tree up. We were, it was like our second year in our house or whatever. So we were excited to get a Christmas tree set up. We set up these glass bulbs that we've had, you know, whatever. And our dog looked at it and went, that looks like a toy. Went over and grabbed it and the ball blew up in his mouth. And so we spent the next 10, 15 minutes just getting glass out of his mouth. He didn't care. We did, but he didn't care. And he was fine afterwards. We, get, we were able to flush all the glass out, everything like that. But it really got us thinking, like, holy crap, we need to make sure that we don't have these things uh, out anymore. And so our Christmas tree looked really odd. You know, being a basset hound, he was short, so that was nice. But also, the problem was is that we had to keep the bulbs out of his reach. So about halfway up the tree is when we started putting bulbs back on the tree. And then we kind of graduated after that to getting plastic bulbs and stuff like that. And he just kind of lost interest through training and everything else, teaching him to leave it and everything. It was all fine. And then we have cats. Our cats like to climb in the trees as well. But this is a dog episode, not cat, so I won't go too deep into that. But really, it's it's looking at the, the personality of your dog. Is your dog one that's going to get into trouble when it comes to putting up decorations? Are they going to try to eat the tinsel? Are they going to chew on the bulbs? Are they going to eat the candy canes? You know, are they going to tear into presents that are under the tree? And if the answer to any of that is yes, then some management steps are definitely going to have to take place. Um, And we'll be talking about that a little bit later. But really, understanding the dog you have in front of you 
is going to help you be more realistic and have a better plan long term. You know, like, do you have a dog who's easily stimulated by people, nervous with people, afraid of people, gets too excited, thinks the party is going to be for them? If you have that kind of dog, then maybe you need to consider what are you going to do if you if you're hosting, if you're going to have people come over. You know, do you have a dog that's got separation anxiety, can't be left alone, destructive behavior, maybe can't be crated even? What's going to happen Christmas when you have to leave to go to the families? You know, during the holidays, people come and go a lot, whether they're having parties at their places or they're going to parties. It's just a popular time. And so you need to make sure that you have some stuff in place. And we'll talk about that a little bit more here shortly. But just first off, look at your dog and start to understand what kind of personality does my is my dog? What kind of dog do I have here? Because you can't just blanket statement and say, well, you know, dog will be fine because it's been fine before or because I've had dogs before that were fine. You know, you need to understand what you've got going. The next thing then is understanding your training. Well, what level of training does your dog have? Now, we're just past Thanksgiving when this episode is being produced. And so I can say you've got a month, but holidays, people get together sooner than that. Families have big get together sooner than that. And you know, this whole month could be filled with, with things going on. So your training level where you're at right now is where I base a lot of my decisions, or you should be basing a lot of your decisions about what you do with your dog um, off of. Don't say, well, I'm going to train him this month and he'll be good. Eh, if you, let's just, I mean, if you have a dog who's extremely social with people in two weeks, three weeks, whatever, are you going to take that super social dog who's maybe loses its mind when it's around other people and get it to be completely compliant? Probably not. I mean, maybe you can manage it and we'll talk about that, but understand whatever training level you're at right now is where I would base a lot of my decisions on what I do with my dog for the holidays. But with that being said, it doesn't hurt to be training your dog now because at the very least, at the very least, if you're not training them for ne- for, for what's coming up in the next month, maybe you're training them for what's coming up next time next year being prepared being proactive you don't don't wait till the last minute yes i know this episode's getting getting uh, aired now and you're like well shit i've got you know not a lot of time and you're sitting you're telling me this stuff and i understand but this is another reason why like for july we did an episode uh july 5th we talked about the 5th of july being your day to start training your dog for the 4th of july for next year and you should be thinking about that too. Like if you're going to have, if you're planning on having parties, going places, doing things, and your dog's going to be affected by it, well, I would definitely consider, you know, starting a, a, a plan, having some plan on what you want to work on for training so that, you know, next year comes around and it's going to be a lot easier. But we're talking about right now. We're talking about the next 30 days, things that are going to be happening. So what I want to talk about, and this episode is not going to be too terribly long, but what I want to talk about first is, or for the bulk of it, is this your management plan? What are you going to be doing? So let's just first look at going somewhere. So you have to go, you're going to drive, I don't know whether it's, it's for me, it's five miles to my brother's house for Christmas. Maybe you have to go further. Maybe you have an hour, two hours. If you're traveling out of town, well, that's also, you know, if you're taking your dog with you, or you're going to have your dog board somewhere, these are all things you're going to have to consider. If you're taking your dog with you, then you need to have a plan, right? You need to make sure that you have a kennel. 
You have a space you can put your dog when you're not going to watch them or not able to watch them. You know, saying, well, I'll just watch my dog the entire time is extremely unrealistic. When you have family there, you're trying to talk to kids running around, all these different distractions, things that are happening. To say, I'm going to watch my dog 100% of the time, I think is is wishful thinking at best, but kind of naive. Like, you're not going to. So having a plan where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have my dog away for a while, and then I'm going to bring my dog out later. Let them make its rounds, be social, and then put them back away. So having that crate, having that area where you can put your dog away, where you know they're going to be safe and people aren't going to be giving them scraps or ruining the training you've been working on by letting them jump on you, on them or whatever. Um, but let's say you're, you're going somewhere and your dog can't come with. If you haven't booked your boarding yet, you need to get on it right now. Most people, I think, already have a plan if their dog needs to board somewhere, but you need to get on it right now because the good places tend to fill up very very fast when we did boarding only for the longest time we were full our christmas and our uh, most of our holiday time we were full i think we booked up by september maybe october and maybe every once in a while a spot would open up here and there but we booked out real fast because we took a limited amount of dogs and People understood they had to get in because we filled up fast. So don't just assume you're going to be able to call your kennel that you've called forever and you board them all the time and expect them to have a spot for you this time of year because this time of year is a very popular time. So make sure, make sure your dog is up to date on any vaccinations that are going to be required for that boarding place to streamline it. You don't want, if they require fecal, you don't want to have to be running out the next morning to get a fecal to get your dog to a place and... You know, what happens if they fail their fecal? What if they have worms or coccidia or giardia or something like that? Like, you want to make sure you're planning ahead of time, being well proactive. So make sure their dog's up to date on the vaccinations required for that place. But let's just say now you're going to be having people coming over to your house. What do you do then? Well, I think I think this the first advice I would have is is like I mentioned before. Is we call it a crate and rotate or or something along that lines where basically you're going to have your dog away in its kennel for a fair amount of time. Now, if you're listening to this, you're like, my dog's 100% trustworthy. I love my dog. My dog can be out all the time. Cool. But I think there's a majority of people who are like, yeah, my dog's going to try to counter surf, steal food, jump on people, bark, bite, something. And you want to be able to manage it. Well, management's going to be great if you have a kennel. You're not if your dog's not crate trained or hasn't been crate trained in a while. This is when you want to start acclimating them back to their kennel, so that the dog's comfortable when the time comes around. And when I kennel the dogs, I'm not kenneling them in my living room where there's going to be a huge amount of people. I'm going to put them downstairs in a room or, you know, in a laundry room. I'm going to put them somewhere where it's going to be relatively quiet and undisturbed. Because if there's a lot of people around and things going on, your dog's going to just sit in there, whine and bark and carry on, and you're going to get annoyed by it, and you're not going to want your guests to be annoyed by it, so you're going to end up letting your dog out. And the only thing that's doing is teaching your dog that if they complain, they'll get their way. So I'm always wanting to find that quiet place I can just put the dog, and you know what, maybe if it's not the place they're used to being kenneled, put a kennel in there, do a little training with them, get them comfortable with it, and then move on. So keep that in mind. But also then when I do let my dog out, because look, dogs are social animals. I want 
my dog if they want to. If your dog is not friendly, not social, then maybe they just get put away for the entire time. Or if you're going to let them out, you just let people know, hey, I'm going to put them on leash. We're going to walk outside. I'm going to potty them. I'm going to put them back away. That's it. But if your dog is very social and wants to be out, bring them out on, on leash because that's going to give you the best control of your dog. So then the dog won't be able to counter surf or won't be able to jump on people or people won't be able to feed the dog scraps and give them bad stuff, which could later on affect their stomachs, which then in return affects you because I know we've all had dogs with upset stomachs. I don't like that whining in the middle of the night saying, I got to go. It's never good. Or you wake up to that smell. And if you've been there, you know what I'm saying. Anyways, so so it just allows the situation to go smoother. And then it turns into a positive, possibly a positive uh, situation or a positive uh, um, outing, I call it, where you had an experience with your dog and it all went really well. Instead of, oh my God, he was so bad. He jumped all over everybody. Did you see how he, he jumped on Uncle Eddie? Oh my God, he knocked him over. Uncle Eddie's 70. No, we can, we're going to be able to avoid those situations by controlling the dog and having him on leash. And I just make rounds. So I let the dog kind of be out for a while and I'm focused on that dog 100% of the time in that moment. I am watching you 100% of the time. And then when I'm done, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever, put the dog back away, go back out, and I can enjoy the family again without worrying about my dog getting into trouble. So that is how we manage that. It's not about telling people, well, don't let my dog do this or that because you know what? Family, friends, people in general, they break the rules all the time. They will be slipping your dog table scraps. They will be letting your dog jump on them. They will be playing games that will get the dog to bite them, and they'll be fine with it. And you're not, hopefully. So I just don't. I just don't. I just manage the whole situation. But let's go ahead and I'll talk about um, decorating for it. I mentioned it already, the tinsel and everything like that. Have a plan. Have a plan on, okay, well, my dog will probably want to mess with the Christmas tree. So what am I going to do? Well, we ended up, because we were doing the boarding and stuff in our home, we ended up just not doing a Christmas tree anymore. And we ended up turning our entertainment center, which is a big entertainment center, into our Christmas tree. So we basically just decorated it and stuff like that. So we still have the Christmas vibes, but we just don't have the tree, which for whatever reason is just such an appeal for dogs and cats and everything. Um, so, So you could do that. Or you could get an exercise pen. They sell them. Chewy sells them. They sell them all over. Different pet stores everywhere. You just go online and look for uh, Dog X Pen. They're about they're three feet tall, roughly thirty some inches, and um, you can just put it around the tree when your dog is out. And then when it's Christmas time with the kids, and you're able to watch the dog maybe a little bit, or you have the dog away, you can you can have the X Pen open up. It also keeps the kids from getting under the tree and uh, trying to shake presents and check stuff out as well. So it's got two good good benefits but putting up some sort of barrier between the tree and the dog i think is a really good safety thing because again tinsel can get if they eat tinsel it can obstruct that requires surgery that's expensive and holidays are already expensive enough i don't need you guys to be slapped with that vet bill when your dog has to go into emergency surgery because they ate something they weren't supposed to and christmas has a lot of that holidays have so many things lights everything that dogs could eat that are just not good Christmas gifts under the tree. Again, the x is going to help with that. But if you have something that you're going to put under the tree, 
that could possibly be toxic to a dog, some sort of food or something that has chemical of some kind in it, it may be a good idea to just not put that under the tree until it's closer to time to open presents or whatever, just so that that situation doesn't come up where your dog decides to tear that open, bites into it or something, and something happens. So I always like to keep you know, it's nice to have gifts under the tree. It's the whole image thing. You know, it's it's just that pretty picture. Um, but maybe keeping some of them away. You know, if, if you're giving your kid a, a, a monster truck, that's probably fine. The dog's not going to have anything in there that's going to be toxic, mostly. Um, and then lastly, just talking about food. Making sure this is, a, this is the time of year where there's cookies, there's fudge, there's uh, desserts, there's there's hams, turkeys, pies, cakes, candy canes, bark, what's that stuff called? Whatever, peppermint, peppermint bark, whatever, I don't know. You guys get what I'm saying. Christmas or, or holidays, it all just means food and tons and tons and tons of it. And there are foods that can be toxic to dogs, or at the very least can make their stomachs extremely upset. We talked about that already. But making sure you're not leaving food. If you have a dog who countersurfs, don't leave food up on areas that the dog can get it. Be extremely mindful, more mindful now than you would be most of the time. I mean, I think you should always be mindful um, about foods and, and if it's a toxic food, possibly what your dog is having exposure to, but this time of year, especially because fudge, fudge can be so bad for them. And you know, all the cookies and all the stuff. And I don't know if people do those popcorn, uh, barrels, popcorn buckets anymore, where it's got like the cheddar and the caramel and the regular, I think, God, those were good. Um, but like things like that, you know, and if those are under the tree, dog's going to smell them. You can say, well, it's in a tin dog can't smell it. Or, you know, it's wrapped up. No, Dogs' noses are so good. I do a lot of nose work, scent work, tracking and stuff with my own dog that I'm so impressed on what he picks up on. So I promise you that tin that the food is in or the, the wrapping paper or anything like that does not matter. Your dog is going to smell it, is going to find it. And if they're hungry enough or if they're food motivated enough, they may just try to eat it. So just really be mindful about that stuff. Um but like I said, guys, this is a relatively short episode. This is where we're going to kind of wrap it up. Just wanted to give you more ideas. I did, like I mentioned, have an episode about holiday stuff last year, so definitely check that out. It was either last year or the year before. I'm pretty sure it was last year. Um, just talking about some similar stuff. So check that one out if you need to. Um, but just really be aware and mindful of what is where who's coming over, where are you going. One last tip I'll give you. The day of if you can or the day before if you can, exercise your dogs a lot. Especially if your dog is used to daily interactions, fetching, playing, stuff like that. Maybe it means you have to wake up an extra half hour early so that you can spend an extra half an hour playing with your dog. They need that energy burn that's going to help them be more settled in their kennel. That's going to help them be a little bit more satisfied when guests come over or when you go places because they're not going to have that excess energy that they're usually burning off just sitting there loading up and getting them super excited. So that's my last tip for you guys is exercise your dogs. I always try to make sure I go out with Luda 
play fetch with him. If it's going to be a day where he's going to just have to have a lot of downtime, I try to make sure I'm giving him as much exercise as possible. And depending on the day that you are planning your, your holiday whatevers, if you have a good daycare uh, that you go to and your dog enjoys, maybe that's where you bring them for the, for the day before. Completely burn them out, get them exhausted, and then hopefully the next day they sleep pretty decently. Um, but that's it, guys. Hopefully you, you learned something from this episode. Um, definitely share this with your friends, anybody who could benefit from this, because I just hate seeing those, those stories of dogs eating things or getting into things and and you know bad habits being formed because family members are good at that and just I hate hearing those stories and trying to prevent them and this is why we do these podcasts we do these ep- or why we do this podcast we do these episodes to help you guys um overcome issues get, get you know help you guys we want your dogs to be rock stars I don't want you to not like your dogs I want you to love your dogs so anyways guys thank you so much for listening like I mentioned at the beginning check us out on dogtrainingacademy.com you can also look at our socials I'll put all of those in the description um, and thank you guys and of course like always we'll see you next week